Hello, everyone. I'm Paul Steinmetz. This is WCSU 411, and we give you the tea about Western Connecticut State University inside and out. Today's more of an out day, as our guests are the owner of Arthur Murray Dance Studio in Danbury, along with WestCon student Maddie Marlin, who interns at the studio. Later in the pod, Chantel Williams will join us to talk about upcoming events and happenings on campus. But first, here are Andy and Maddie. So, Andy, why don't you explain uh, what you do there at Arthur Murray here in Danbury? Um, so at Arthur Murray Dance Studio, we are um, a social dance school. So what we do is we teach people to be able to um, go out on the weekend to a Latin club and feel comfortable dancing. Um, we want people to be able to go to a wedding and feel comfortable getting out on the dance floor even if nobody else is there. Uh, and we want people to feel like they can... Um, achieve whatever they want in their life, gain confidence, lose weight, um, put a little bit more spark in their relationship, um, but through something that's really fun and different and exciting, which is uh, partner in social dancing. So you can do all those things with uh, learning how to dance. You can do better, all those right? things. Yeah, that's it just great. depends on what you're looking to do. <laughs> and how long does it take for would it take for me to uh, learn, be comfortable going out on the dance floor at a Latin uh, club? Sure. So it, it depends. Obviously, everybody's mm -hmm. different. Um, it depends on how often you come into the studio, right? It's like learning a language. If you go live in a culture where that language is spoken, you pick it up really quickly. Mm -hmm. But if you study it once a week, then it takes a little bit longer. Um, and so dancing is the same way. It's a skill. Um, and so I would say on average, um, between two and three months of kind of consistent lessons will give you enough uh, variety and enough confidence to be able to walk out on the floor and and maybe not feel like the most standout exciting dancer out there, but you're going to blend in and you're going to feel good. Yeah. And so... Um... I have a huge number of questions about this. <laughs> so I go to weddings sometimes, and there's always one or two people who are excellent dancers, sure. and we just stand around with our jaws open looking at them. <laughs> right. And uh, are they are there people who are just natural dancers, like people who are natural naturally good at uh, speaking other languages and things like that? That's a great question. Um, I'm a huge believer in the whole growth mindset idea, um, and I believe that if people are standout dancers that um, they have a tendency to be drawn to music and a tendency to be drawn to dancing. Mm -hmm. It's not so much that they are just naturally gifted. It's that they want to do it a lot because they really like it. Mm -hmm. um, and so because they do it a lot, they get better. Um, and so some of those people started very young. Some of those people, um, like I was saying, they, they kind of did the immersion program and they danced every night for a long time. Mm -hmm. um, and But, but I, I don't necessarily believe that some people are just better dancers than others. Um, but I do think that some people have more of a desire and more of an affinity to want to learn that skill. Yeah. So if you practice more, you're going to get better. Exactly. It's just like anything else in life. And I feel like with dance, people sort of have this assumption that that you should just be a good dancer or or not. And I, I don't think that's true. When I started in Arthur Murray, I had never danced a day in my life. Really? Um, you started as a teacher. I started as a teacher. Yep. So so for me, like I started doing it 40 hours a week. So that was my immersion program. Um, but I, I was very awkward. I was very uncomfortable when I first started. Um, I, I hated weddings. Uh, uh, I, I despised it when somebody in my family got married because I didn't want to go and dance. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't go to my high school prom because I was scared of dancing. Uh, and so 
now I now I love it, obviously, and and it's something that I do all day, every day. Um, but uh, but yes, and so I think it is a learned skill, just like anything else. So what if you hated all that? Why? What drew you to becoming a dance instructor? Um, I have this kind of uh, um, awkward streak where if something is really uncomfortable for me, I make myself do it. Uh, just I think that's great. Out of sheer bloody mindedness, I think. So, um, <laughs> so I think that's what drew me to it. Um, I just I saw an ad on Craigslist that said no experience required, and um, I was like, all right, let's let's do this. Let's try it. <laughs> you had a pretty good teacher, probably too, right? I did. I had a wonderful teacher, and I'm still really good friends with her. Good. Yeah. So, Maddie, are you a great dancer? I am getting there. I started in December. Yeah, you did? Yeah. And what do you do there? I am an intern, so I do their social media. Uh And I go to group classes and I take private lessons every once in a while. Hmm. That's cool. And how do you, uh, what do you do on social media? Um, What do you talk about on social media with uh, Arthur Murray? We promote events. We, um... We explain fun facts about the different dances that are going on for that day. We we we're, should I talk about the the blog? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we're we're revamping the website, and so I'm making blog posts about yeah. different things, uh, like little tips and tricks and things that are going on inside and all the different events, whether it's a group class or private lessons or showcases that are going on. So if you have uh, take a lesson there, eventually you go to a um, an event, right? A dancing event that you have. And show off uh, your new moves, right? Yeah. There's practice parties every Friday. Sometimes Mm -hmm. they're themed. Like uh, we had a St. Patrick's Day party or like a a New Year's or a Valentine's Day one. But we've got practice parties for a short while every Friday night that where um, the instructors will play a song and they'll tell you what dances you can go to. And there's all students from that have learned the same stuff and are going through the same process that you are. So you can feel comfortable with asking or or going Mm -hmm. up to dance. With somebody is it harder to dance when you're drunk <laughs> <laughs> i wouldn't know <laughs> <laughs> she's a great intern <laughs> so did you how did you get the internship at arthur murray um i have been drawn to dance for a while i danced when i was a lot younger when like before elementary school i did some ballet and tap and um i wanted to get back into dancing and i googled dancing near me and Arthur Murray came up, and I no couldn't afford dance lessons, so I called and I asked if I could work for lessons, and they said they would meet with me, and it just, yeah, the rest is history. That's good. Yeah. And I, I wasn't implying that you're a drunk. I thought I was thinking <laughs> about uh, uh, St. Patrick's Day yeah. and that kind of thing. So, uh, Andy, how long did you work at uh, Arthur at the dance studio? Um, so I've been with Arthur Murray International as a company for 10 years this year. Actually, this is my 10th anniversary. Um, but uh, my first year I spent at the Arthur Murray in Manchester, New Hampshire. Um, and then I moved down here after that. And I've been in Danbury uh, ever since. So nine years. So you started as an or here you started as an instructor and now you're the owner. Yeah, I taught um, pretty solidly for probably six or seven of those years. Mm-hmm. And then um, over the last few years, I started to move into a little bit more of an executive role and, and learning more of the management and business side of things rather than just the purely teaching and dancing. Um, and then when the previous owner decided that um, she wanted to try other things, I it, it was a really exciting opportunity for me. And um, honestly, it's been it's been almost a year since I bought the business and I've just I loved every minute of it. That's good. Yeah, it's different. 
different though, being the biz the owner instead of the employee. It, it is, it is. Um, and and I was a little apprehensive about that when when I made that transition, but honestly, I've been enjoying it mm. more than I ever thought I would. Actually, it's That's been great. Good. <laughs> yeah. And do you did did you have a business background at all or anything like that? No, not at all. This is the farthest thing. <laughs> from what I ever imagined I would be doing, not only as a dance related, but I'm a small business owner, um, none of which was ever in my my field of vision. Mm -hmm. uh, my my family is all very artistic, but not business minded at all. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, and so I think this is all kind of a surprise. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, I actually was a classics and a history major when I was in college. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, but I graduated around the time of the recession in 2008. And so uh, I wasn't able to get into the grad programs that I expected. And that's kind of where I found myself dancing. Mm -hmm. But classics and history are still good background for owning a business and dancing they are. probably too, right? They are. Knowing and the... I, I, I mean, I, I think even though I don't use it directly, I do feel like it's helped me um, to be able to uh, connect with our clients who are usually – um, usually have gone to college and, and have outside interests. Um, and so it, it I, I feel like a liberal arts education is always a good thing. Yeah. And who, who, what is your clientele mostly now? Age, dem, dem, demographics and, um, and their interests? Um, yeah, it's actually been changing a lot over the past two years. Um, so traditionally with Arthur Murray Studios, uh, we have a lot of people who are – in, in their 50s, 60s, and 70s, um, they are sort of at the tail end of their career They or maybe retired. Um, their kids are, are gone. They're empty nesters. Um, or they're just looking for something to do, a new hobby that's a little bit more low impact than some of the stuff they might have done um, previously. However, one of the things we've noticed over the past 18 months or two years is that we've had a much younger crowd coming in. Um, I do think some of that is the changing demographics of Danbury. Mm. Um, obviously, Kennedy Flats is right across the street from us. Um, and so I think there's been a much younger professional crowd moving in. And um, so we now have a lot of students that are in their 30s and 40s and are um, they either have young children and they need a date night to get away um, or they are tired of the Mill Plain bar scene or they're just looking for something else to do with uh, with their Thursday, Friday, Saturday nights. And, and this is kind of a fun, exciting thing. Also, I mean, there there is a big um, Hispanic population in Danbury. And so that means there's there's a lot of Latin restaurants. And so you can find Latin dancing in Danbury. Mm -hmm. And so I think a lot of people have been realizing that and deciding, hey, that would be kind of a cool thing to be able to do um, because that that is the dance culture that we have right now. And I, th I think it's awesome that people are embracing that. Yeah. And so what kind of dances are people, your clients, uh, customers mostly interested in? Then uh, I'm sure some of it is the Latino, right? The uh, Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, we, we get a lot of people, I would say probably a, a good 40% of the people that get in touch with us are looking for salsa, merengue, bachata of some kind. Um, and those are the Latin dances you would do if you went to a club. Um, but then we still get a lot of people who come in just knowing that they want to dance, but not knowing what they want to dance, right? Because unless you've watched Dancing with the Stars or so you think you can dance, you don't, you don't know what a foxtrot is versus yeah. a swing versus a cha-cha, right? Um, and, and so people just know that it seems like kind of a fun thing to do. And, and that's where our 
professional um, abilities come in comes in because we're able to direct them based on the kind of music that they like or the the venues that they end up using their dancing um, mm-hmm. because if you go to a wedding that's a very different kind of dancing than if you go to formal galas all the time which is a very different kind of dancing than if you just like do want to go out to the mill plane bar scene and be able to dance right hmm. very interesting <clears throat> and the um what's the you mentioned you're across from Kennedy Flats on Main Street in Danbury. What's mm-hmm. the address? We're at 345 Main Street, um, which is it's right next to the Bank of America, um, and it's a, a big plaza, and mm. there's tons of parking in the back. It's very mm-hmm. easy. <laughs> and your classes are mostly in the evening or what? Yeah, so most of the lessons that we teach are personal lessons. So it's um, either if, if you're coming in by yourself, it's you and your instructor, or if you're coming in as a couple, it's the two of you and your instructor. Um, and we teach those from 1 p.m. through 10 p.m. Monday through Friday. Um, and then the group lessons that are included in your program are usually between 6 and 8 o'clock at night because for most people, that's when they're out of work, they've had dinner, they can come out and, and do something fun. Do you get a lot of singles? We do. Um, for a long time, we had a very heavy uh, percentage of couples in our studio, which is great, and we still do. But we've had a lot more single people coming in recently, um, which is it's fun. It's always good to have a mix of of ages and genders and diversity in the studio because it, it makes it more exciting when we have those practice parties on Fridays right. um, and we have the group classes. How many people show up at the group parties? Um, it depends on the day. Um, so uh, on kind of a normal one, I'd say we be, have between 10 and 20, but um, periodically we do fun themed classes or uh, themed parties. And so those uh, those can draw upwards of 30 or 40 people. And so, it, it's a, yeah, it's a great chance to get to socialize and meet people and have a good time and yeah. not necessarily have to be drunk. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And uh, Maddie, do you go to those parties too? I do, yes. That's good. Yeah. And you dance and stuff. I do. Yep. It's really fun. It's great to practice um, how different people lead. And so you can get the feel of mm-hmm. maybe if you do want to go out on a, in a different setting, out to those bar scenes or out to a wedding and you don't want to just dance with your partner, you can you can understand how different people might go about doing different moves with mm-hmm. you. That's very cool. Mm-hmm. And avoiding their feet, right? Yes. <laughs> What's your major here? I'm music performance clarinet. Oh. So what's your plan now then? What year are you? I'm a sophomore. So in a couple of years you graduate and what's your plan with that? Um, I'm hoping to conduct mm-hmm. um, an orchestra. So I want to, I'm looking into getting some lessons or an apprenticeship in conducting and then go on to my master's and then find an orchestra. Is that a big, is there a big market for conductors? Um. It's getting a little bit smaller. The classical field isn't as big as it once was way back when, before pop music and things like that, um, when going out to see an orchestra was the thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's still a pretty big um, community. And how did you choose Westcom? I was originally at Hofstra University, um, but that wasn't the right fit. And I live in Sandy Hook, so it's it's like right down the road yeah. for me. And it's it's so much easier. And I have a bunch of friends that go here, so I already knew a bunch of people. Musicians. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, and yeah, everything just it just worked out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. And um, I wanted to ask about the, is it called Local Dancing with the Stars that you're doing? Is, uh, yes, Dancing, how are you dancing involved with, with Our Stars, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so Dancing with Our Stars is a, a charity benefit that Arthur Murray um, in 
uh, Danbury and also in Westchester. So the White Plains and the Yonkers studios have been involved with for 11 years now. Um, so this has been this has been a long running thing. Um, and it is to benefit benefit the Hillside Food Outreach, uh, which is a fantastic charity here in Danbury that services uh, Fairfield, Dutchess, and Westchester counties. Mm. Um, and it's a little bit unique in that um, it's a food bank that doesn't uh, solely rely on canned food. Um, so they actually go and they collect uh, fresh fruits and vegetables that they then have their volunteers hand deliver to families in those counties. Um, so it's it's a pretty special organization. And we feel uh really proud to be involved with them for such a long time. Um, and so it's a, it's a really fun event. So we there's usually about nine or ten uh, local stars who uh, take lessons for about three months at whichever studio is closest to them. Um, they put together a routine. Sometimes they come in with a song idea. Sometimes we help them choose based on the kind of music they like. And uh, and it's just like Dancing with the Stars. They, they get that amount of time to put together a single routine. And then uh, this this coming Saturday night um, on the, the 30th, tomorrow, oh, man, um, tomorrow night, um, they're all going to perform them at the Ethan Allen Hotel. Um, and uh, it's great. It's a full sit-down dinner. There's a whole after party that uh, one of our teachers DJs. Um, and so it's it's a great time, and it raises a lot of money for a really, really fantastic charity. It's perfect for Arthur Murray because you have places in all those counties, right? Yeah, exactly. It works out really well for all of us, and, and we've gotten to – work with some really fantastic people over the years. So it's it's a great way to be involved in the community too. And are you the professional dancer who dances with the amateur then? Yeah, exactly. So uh, I'm dancing with two women this year, and then uh, we have another three stars in our studio. So there's, there's five here in Danbury, and then there's four between the Yonkers and Westchester studios. Wow. That's great. Yeah, it's going to be fun. And it uh, takes a lot of time for you too. It does, yeah. It's a significant... Um, uh, investment of time for the the studios, but it's it's worth it every year just because it's it's a really fun event. Once mm-hmm. we like all the work is done and you get to just go there and dance, um, but also it just it feels good to be giving back to the community in such a uh, a tangible way. Mm. And I imagine there's a lot of excitement, energy from the amateurs too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I give them so much credit because that's not mm-hmm. an easy thing to do. It, I mean, it's so far outside of most of their comfort zones. Yeah. Um, very few of them ever have a dance background. Um, and uh, actually, some of them continue on dancing after uh, after the event too because they just they really enjoy it. Well, they know so, how then, right? Yeah, and then they they have Pretty a little well. bit of a, a foundation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 a, a great event all around. So who's your business competition? Do you, are there other um, private dance studios that aren't part of Arthur Murray, or do you compete with other Arthur Murrays, or what is it? No, Arthur Murray's is a fantastic organization. Um, we we all work together very closely. We all train together. We all know each other really well. Um, we, we do events together. Actually, the week after Dancing with the Stars, we all have an event at, together down in Greenwich. Hmm. Um, and so, so there's none of that. That's great. We're very cooperative. Um, there's a few other dance studios in the area, in the surrounding towns, but... Um, they they tend to be much more um, competitively oriented than mm. Arthur Murray is. Mm. Um, we, like I said right at the beginning, we're very much a social dance school. We do offer competitions and showcases for those students that, that want to take their hobby an extra mile. Um, but we know that m- that's not what most people are looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's it's not a core part of our business model. Our, our 
uh, goal is really to make sure that people can feel comfortable and confident getting out on any social dance floor. And that's what Arthur Murray himself built his his company on was social dancing. Um, and uh, and so as a company, we've been teaching social dancing for 100 years. So we're, we're pretty good at it at this point. So is that part of what Maddie does is take that 100 year old company and make it not seem so funky? Yes, exactly. And she's doing a fantastic job of it. <laughs> That's good. And what's a fun fact about, say, uh, merengue or something, uh, Maddie, that you could share with us? Um, merengue is an African, originally an African dance. <laughs> and it, so it didn't have those Cuban hip motions that you might see in the club or whatever mm -hmm. bar that you would originally see. It had some more dramatic um, arm and, and foot movements originally, yeah. That is interesting. And then it morphed. And then came over to uh, Latin America, Cuba. Mm -hmm. Is Cuba where it's mostly famous from? Um, Merengue is a Dominican. Dominican, dance. yeah. It is? Mm -hmm. I'll be damned. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's very interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's fun. Like, I think that appeals to the history major in me is that every dance does have its own completely unique history. Mm. Um, and it's, it's not necessarily uh, required for people to know that, but it is fun. I mean, some people kind of get curious, and I think Maddie's done a great job of of putting out on our social media some of the stories behind the dances, and and I think it makes it a little bit more relatable that that these aren't just like the ballroom dances, right. um, and that they they were originally every one of them was originally a social dance. They just sort of got caught up and and codified into these these ballroom dances. Yeah. What's that uh, dance from Argentina that... Uh, the tango. Tango, right. Yeah. You, yeah. Do that, you teach that stuff? Yeah, a lot. Um, hmm. Actually, there's, there's quite a growing Argentine tango community in Connecticut. Hmm. Um, there's, there's a Connecticut tango festival every year that's really? sort of spread out all over the state. Huh. Um, there are um, milongas, which are Argentine tango social dances uh, around the state and obviously in New York City. Um, and so we, we do get people coming in to, to learn that dance because it, it's, it's, a, it's a totally unique, amazing, incredible dance to, <laughs> to know. Uh, it's, it's unlike anything else. And, right. and so it's, it's always fun when people want to come in to try to learn that. Mm -hmm. That's great. Is there anything else we should know? Um, I think the biggest thing that uh, there, there's two things that tend to stop people from coming in to take lessons. One is that they need to know that they don't need a partner. So mm -hmm. if you're not uh, part of a couple, you should still come in and, and take dance lessons. As, as Maddie can say, it's, it's a, a pretty amazing and, and fulfilling hobby, whether you have a partner or not. Um, and the second thing is that uh, what we were talking about before is it, it's not innate. It is a skill. It's like learning a language. Uh, you just have to take that first step and learn the, a couple a couple basic words, hello, thank you, right? Mm. And and we have those basic steps to start teaching you. So it's it's you're, you never jump in the deep end. Yeah, and Danbury downtown Danbury is very safe. It's a great place. But do some people say, hey, you're in down Main Street Danbury? I don't want to go there. Um, I, nobody's ever said that to me mm -hmm. outright, but I believe people think that, um, which is, which is sad, but I mean, Arthur Murray has been on main street for 40 years this yeah. year. It was opened in 1979. Um, there's not that many businesses on main street that can say that. Mm -hmm. Um, and in that entire time, we've only been in two locations. And so we've, and they're within 50 feet of each other. So, um, so we've been in the same spot for 40 years and, um, it's, 
been really exciting even over the last 10 years to see the changes that have been starting to come over Main Street um, and it's becoming a much more diverse, interesting place than it was even when I started 10 mm-hmm. years ago. Yep. Um, and and like you said, it's it's very safe. It's uh, There's a lot of wonderful restaurants and businesses that are there um, and, and we're excited to be part of that downtown community. Nobody's gotten mugged in your parking lot. Nobody has gotten mugged in our parking lot. Yeah. <laughs> you must work seven days a week almost, though, right? I do. Yes. <laughs> not not a, not a lot every day, but a little every day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. But I love it. I mean, yeah. it's it's that old saying like if you love what you do, you don't work a day in your life. I'm not <laughs> I'm not fair. sure that's quite true, but sometimes <laughs> it feels like work, but it, it I do love it and so it really is worth it. Yeah, and you're starting your business and all that. Yeah, exactly. Making it successful. Exactly, and that feels very different than being uh being a teacher in a studio. It's a totally different feeling. Mm. Uh, having the studio be your responsibility entirely. And you get support from Western Connecticut State University and our students like Maddie. Yeah, exactly. And I've this is this is my third WestCon event this week. It's been great. I've, <laughs> I've gotten to talk to a lot of wonderful people from WestCon this week. Oh, that's yeah. great. Yeah. Thanks for coming in, Andy and Maddie. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thank you so much, Paul. This is fun. Yeah. And uh, good luck with the studio, too. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Now is the time in the show for us to pitch the other WestCon podcasts. I haven't been paying attention lately. Pete, has anything <laughs> happened lately that would make listeners interested, or should they just stick here with WCSU 411? Well, I, I'm biased, but... Uh, because you favor WCSU 411? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, this week there's some good stuff. Uh, the Compassionate Achiever podcast... I uh, did a, an episode on organ donation. There's some really fascinating stuff in there and a really uh, cool story about a, a mom who decided to donate her eight-year-old son's organs after he passed away. Mm. Um, on Behind the Curtain, Jackie Guzda interviewed Justin Goodman from an organization called the White Coat Waste Project about government testing on animals that we're paying for with our tax dollars that we don't know about. Mm. People will listen to that. Yeah. And uh, Mary Beth on Gavin Grow, Mary Beth uh, did two episodes this week, one about sexual assault awareness month with the ladies from the Women's Center of Greater Danbury, and one about uh, the study abroad program here at WCSU. Good stuff. We're going to have to cut Mary Beth off because she does too many. Yeah. Yeah, we can do that. Okay. So, Pete, as you know, WCSU 411 comes to you from Western Connecticut State University, which offers a high-quality, affordable education. If you have questions about enrolling at WestCon, send an email to admissions at wcsu.edu. And now, recorded live from the basement of Whitehall, here's our co-host, Chantel Williams. How's it going, Chantel? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. How was your week? (laughs) I think it's been going pretty well so far. I feel like we had some good weather. Yeah, it's getting better. It's hopefully. getting better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's going to drop down a little bit, but hopefully it picks back up. And I think we're near the time where it's yeah. just going to be good weather. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's going to last. I hope so. <laughs> That's good. So what's going on in this good weather at WestCon coming up? Well, we have a lot of good events coming up. And the first one I would like to talk about is the Black Social Workers Association. Um, We'll be presenting a movie and a discussion, a panel discussion, and it's called Wrongfully Convicted 120 Years, and it's actually about a local uh, man from New Haven. His name is Scott Lewis, and he was convicted 120 years for a crime he did not commit. Um, This uh, panel and movie will take place Thursday, April 4th, Um, and I think it's going to be pretty interesting, especially since... uh, 
it's a local, you know, guy in, from mm-hmm. New Haven. And, I, yeah, I can't imagine being sentenced to that many years, especially mm-hmm. for something that I did not commit. So uh, so he, uh, they figured it out before the 120 years yes, were up, right? Yes, thank God. You out. know, it would have been really bad if he would have, um, you know, they would have figured it out after the 120 mm-hmm. years. Um, there's really nothing you could do in that case, in that situation, sadly. Yeah. So, yeah, um, it, it, that, that wouldn't have been bad. But I'm glad they figured it out, and now there's a there's a documentary about it. And um, I'm sure this is happening to other people. Mm. And um, so to get the message out there and to see the process in which uh, he had to go through in order to get, um, you know, those years um, off and off mm-hmm. his record and things like that. Because, you know, it not only takes time away from your life, but trying to get out you know it's on your record you know jobs things like that everything is affected by it so um i'm glad they got it before you know the 120 years (laughs) (laughs) you know (laughs) so what's the date on that again april 4th Mm -hmm. um 120 years it's going to start at 6 p.m in the student center theater on midtown campus great and it's open to all students faculty come out and have a good time watch the documentary and then there's a a panel discussion after and the public can come too yes they can and there's no charge it's a free event (laughs) and i'm proud to be a part of that club so we set that up Mm -hmm. (laughs) you should plug that every time you can yeah And starting um, April 9th, there's a Build a Healthy Meal um, event happening. Students from the Department of Health and Promotion and Exercise Science and Sodexo have partnered to host a nutrition intervention program. And um, this is to create a buffet of healthy options, as you know, trying to live on campus or not living on camp- off campus, but... Um, Living on campus is kind of hard to try to eat like healthy meals and try to prepare healthy meals. So um, they're going to come up with a buffet menu mm-hmm. to uh, with with a lot of healthy options, which is something like that would be really good for students um, coming in and out. And you know, because uh, it, it's so easy to grab something quick, and most of the time our quick option is not really the healthiest option. So it should be interesting to see the process on which to build a healthy meal and the steps to take and things like that. And get some ingredients, and, mm-hmm. you know, learn how to cook at the same time. Right. <laughs> Do you think it'll taste good, too? Um, I'm hoping so. You know, there's, I think there's, like, there's a stigma when it comes to healthy food mm-hmm. that, you know, it's not going to taste as good because, you know, it's so refined and it's not so much GMO and sugar and stuff like that. But it actually tastes fresher to That's me. That's true. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it tastes better because it's so fresh and, it's, you know, even though it's healthy, it's clean. So you could kind of tell the difference, I feel, and mm-hmm. I, I think it's a lot more appetizing. So, uh, yeah, I ho- I'm, I'm hoping it tastes good. That's good. And some uh, <laughs> professor at HPX or Health Promotion Exercise yes. um, put together the menu, right? Yes. With um, his name is Dr. Ian, Eden. Ethan Balk. Balk? Yes, yeah. Ethan Balk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the buffet will be available 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. in the Student Center restaurant on uh, Midtown Campus. Um, students can use a meal swipe or flex points. Um, you can also use Connect Cash, Cash, or credit card. So um, it's available. And uh, faculty and staff can pay um, $10, so it's $10 meal. Um, for students, I believe it's $10, too, if you don't use your meal swipe or, mm. uh, you know, Connect Cash or flex mm-hmm. points. So, okay, good. Yeah. So I think it's going to be good. I'm excited to. to You're going to go eat there. That day. I am. I, I think I'm going to try it. <laughs> I want to see what it tastes like. You know, see the options and see if I can get some. You know, feedback on healthy eating and um, get some ideas that I can start cooking. Oh yeah. Yeah. So let's remember <laughs> to talk about it next time. Yes, Report definitely. Back. 
And just a reminder, this is happening April 9th, um, Midtown Student Center. So um, come out and eat some healthy food, and I'm sure you're going to have a, a good time. And mm-hmm. you're going to actually enjoy it, I feel like. <laughs> Chantel will be there. Yes, I will be there. So if you don't enjoy it, you can just tell me. That's fine. <laughs> I'll be there. <laughs> Um, also happening April 9th, um, the Career Center will be hosting its internship workshops. It's called Life, um, a launch, launch, and internship for experience. Yeah, so it's life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Launching your life? Yes. Oh, I see what that means. Um, this is taking place at 3.30 p.m., room 202 of the Student Center on Midtown Campus. So this time it's on Midtown. I know their office is on Westside, but this event is happening on Midtown which is nice for them to do because a couple of last events were on West Side, so mm-hmm. it's nice to have something on both campus. So, um, yeah, this would take place 3.30 p.m. And, again, this is an internship workshop, and this is a great time to learn about internships because summer is coming up, mm-hmm. and it's a perfect time. Like, I know a lot of companies are looking for interns for the summer, and us college students, we get kind of like a head start before, you know, college, I mean, high school students mm-hmm. um, because we get out earlier, so it gives us more of a... Uh, more time to work and to intern at um, different locations. So um, this is a great opportunity to kind of see how you can get an internship in the field that you want because I know it's like uh, it may be difficult for some careers like to try to get an internship in the field. I know for social work, most of the internships that are available um, may be like a volunteer, so it might be difficult to look for a paid internship if that's what you're trying to do. Um, But I, I think volunteer or not internships are awesome because mm. you know it's it's an opportunity to work and get experience right. but um this workshop is good if you're looking for something paid and you don't really know where to start like how do i get out there where do i start looking you know um so yeah go to this workshop and they would direct you and you know trying to get what you want and um i just think it's good to, for everyone to at least experience or participate in an internship at least once throughout college because it looks awesome on resume mm. and you're building yourself up. Um, so by the time that you graduate, uh, you're, you have experience right. in whatever you want to do. It's very important. Now. Yeah. And what are you doing about internships this summer? Well, right now, I'm actually in an internship right now. Yeah, you are. Yeah, because um, for a social work department, they place you in an internship once you get into the program. Mm. So for my junior year, it's only a half semester. for So for spring semester, we're placing an internship. And I'm loving my internship. Um, I work at a preschool mm. at the Family and Community Engagement Center. So it's right across the street. It's it's right in front of Ellsworth Elementary School. Mm-hmm. So that little building. And I um, work with Miss Ann Med. And uh, she is, like, the head of um, the school district, and she does a lot with the schools and things like that. So I'm involved with the preschoolers, but I'm also involved in, like, the family aspect, um, registering for kindergarten, and the learning about the different family dynamics. So there's a lot of families that struggle with, like, payments, and they're on waivers and things like that. And I also learned more about, like, the services that Danbury provides um, to help families that are in need and, and um, children that are in need to get through um, elementary school and, you know, middle school and high school and mm. things like that. Good. So at my internship, I'm just gathering as much information as I can, and I'm also in the field working, so I kind of know what to expect if I was to work with that population outside of, like, once I graduate. Mm-hmm. So, um, 
Yeah, it's a it, wonderful opportunity. Are you enjoying it? Or I am. It? Um, the kids drive me crazy sometimes. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Yep, there's yeah. sometimes, you know, especially if they have sugar, things uh-huh. like that. So we try, like the teacher, she's really good at um, sending notes to parents and try to have them promote healthy eating. See, healthy eating. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we try to have the kids, like, turn away from, like, sugary juices, you know, no sweets. Like, try to not have donuts and things like that because, um, you know, throughout the day, that energy just get, gets <laughs> going. Yeah. And so – and then they burn out after. So mm-hmm. we're just trying to, um, you know, promote healthy eating and things like that. Are the parents listening to the Somewhat. Teacher? Somewhat, but the parents, they actually do an excellent job with packing snack and lunches. A lot of the kids, they enjoy fruit. Like, they eat lots and lots of fruit, which is something that I was really shocked about. Because hmm. I feel like my, like, growing up, like, I didn't really like fruit that much, even though I was forced to eat it. Like, <laughs> I wasn't really, like, a fruit kid. Uh-huh. <laughs> but um, I'm glad that they actually enjoy the fruits and mm-hmm. they don't mind eating it. They actually prefer that over chips and things like that. So really? That's, something yeah, that, that's good. Yeah, and that's something that, like, I really, like, am proud of, like, the parents for because they really push it. And um, But, yeah, uh, some of their lunches, I just get surprised. They have better lunches than we do. <laughs> they have, like, rice and chicken, mm. and it smells so good. So <laughs> I'm just like, you know, you guys have a great lunch, and... But trying to get them to eat, you know, they're squirmy. They just want to play and run around. So it's a, it's a task trying to get them to eat. But, uh, you know, we, we're doing, we're trying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's just the part of the internship, you know. You take a little bit, you learn a lot. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, this was one of my my first internship at Western. And so um, next semester I applied for another internship um, for senior year. We're going to be in a full internship from fall to spring. And that is a judicial internship that I'm trying to get. Uh-huh. Or, yeah, uh, trying to work in a juvenile detention center. That's where I'm trying to go. Well, right, I know. That would be interesting. <laughs> yeah, I told uh, my original plan was to work in a jail, but my mom got a little afraid. Like, my parents were just like, I don't know if you want to do that right now. So I was like, all right, I'll just go to a juvenile detention center. Because they're I'll not be- dangerous. <laughs> I'm just like, I can handle myself. You know, I love this population, and I, I just want to see how it is, you know, mm-hmm. and get in some experience. So Yeah, that's good. They yeah. need somebody like you to Thanks. help them out, right? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's just like you got to follow, like, your passion, mm-hmm. you know? It's not meant for everyone. Just like I may have a population that's not meant for me, mm-hmm. but um, for some reason this population just... I don't know, it just called to me, kind That's of. Good. So, But this internship will really solidify, okay, is this really what I want to do? Is this really the population that I want to work with or not? Mm-hmm. So that's the good thing about internships. You don't have to go out of it like, oh, my God, I love it. This is exactly what I want to do. Sometimes you may be like, okay, this is not what I want to do. Right. But now that you know, <laughs> you know, you know that that's not what you want to do, so you can move on to something else. Right. So, no, that's good. Yeah, I feel like, um, yeah. So try to get an internship. <laughs> this is my point. <laughs> my main point. <laughs> so again, the workshop is April 9th. Um, it is Midtown uh, Student Center, room 202, and it begins at 3.30 p.m. Um, you don't have to bring anything. Uh, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't think you need a schedule or anything because it, internships can fall any time. It's really based on when they want you to start and things like that. So uh, just come out and hear how to get yourself an internship. Mm-hmm. Pay bring some volunteer. fruit for a snack. Yes, bring fruit. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> keep you energized. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Um, okay, Minorities in Medicine, um, April 11th, we'll be hosting a sip and paint at 5 o'clock. Have you ever done a sip no. and paint? Mm-hmm. I, I've done it before. Um, it's really fun. 
I'm not really a, a artiste. Like yeah, I, I yeah, I just I you can know. sip. Yeah. <laughs> the paint part is lacking. Yeah. <laughs> it has to kinda already like be like, okay, you know how we used to have like in elementary school, like the numbers and mm-hmm. they like paint this number green. It kinda has to be like that in order for it to turn out looking like it's supposed to. Uh-huh. But um yeah, it, free interpretation is always good. That's art, right? Mm-hmm. So <laughs> that's right. So yeah, um, I, I love sipping paints. It's actually very fun. Like, they're they're fun um, hmm. activities and stuff. Everybody has fun, right? Yeah, and feels like, relaxed. It is. It's a very relaxing thing, and it's painting all in general is just relaxing. Hmm. But um, really doing it with other people and seeing how like your drawing come out at the end, like the process is really fun. Yeah, and you have juice to sip on. <laughs> so sip and paint. <laughs> it's like, why is it sip and paint? Because you're you're drinking while you're while you're painting. That's right. <laughs> So Minorities in Medicine again, um, Thursday, April 11th, 5 o'clock. It's going to be a free canvas, so you don't have to pay for anything. Um, and the paint is free also. And there's going to be mocktails. So not cocktails, mocktails. No, that's good. So something similar to cocktails. Mm-hmm. But they're a mock version of the cocktails. <laughs> <laughs> so they're not the real thing, but they're close enough. <laughs> right. You don't have to be 21 to drink them No, either. you don't. So everybody can come out to sip and paint. And, uh, yeah, it's fun. It's a fun time. Cool. So bring it's your like friends a- and- like Dracar Noir, except you can drink it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's a fun event, and I, I love when they have that. And then Minorities in Medicine um, is hosting another event uh, April 11th. They're busy that day. I guess so. Yeah, they're very busy. <laughs> I just noticed. I'm like, geez, two events. But they said, you know what, let's go for it. So again, April 11th, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m., um, the Student Center Room 202, they will be hosting Medical Jeopardy, hmm. and prizes will be available. I don't know how well I would do at Medical Jeopardy. I feel like if they ask me a question about, you know, what to cut or what to sew up, I'll confuse the two. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if they wouldn't trust me with, you know, their clients and their, you know, their patients and things like that. <laughs> but it sounds fun, and hmm. I, it sounds like you'll learn a little bit something about, you know, the medical field and, well, you know. <laughs> so. Yeah, and... Um... It's um, low um, risk, right? You aren't yeah. really cutting or sewing. No, you're so not. You're just... not cutting anything. You're, not, right. you're just answering the questions uh, like Jeopardy. Right. Uh, for those of you who don't have never played Jeopardy before, it's just you have to. It's like a board, and then it has different like, like I wouldn't want to say levels, but like each question is like worth like mm-hmm. different amount of points. So, like, and you have to answer it, like, as a question. So, like, they give you kind of, like, the answer, and you got to be like, what is da-da-da-da. Mm-hmm. It can get very intense. Like, I know the TV show Jeopardy can kind of be quiet, but um, <laughs> I feel like when WCSU students play it, it gets very intense. Really? Yeah, because BSU hosted one. Uh-huh. And when I tell you, they were these teams were not letting up. They were not. <laughs> and they were like, oh, they didn't say what is, so they can't get it. And we're like, well, they said the answer. No, you have to say what is. Da, da, da. I'm like, oh, my goodness. So it could get very intense. I guess so. Boy, <laughs> so that sounds were, good. Yeah. <laughs> it was interesting. I'm like, well, this is not how Jeopardy is on TV. It's very calm. But for some reason here, it's like chaotic. <laughs> like, It's a good thing it's not sipping Jeopardy <laughs> right. here. <man>. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. So I think that would be a, a fun event. Uh, again, Minorities in Medicine, uh, Medical Jeopardy, April 11th, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m., Student Center Room 202. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, there's a Make Your Own Slime. Uh, <laughs> I, I found this. I had to double check. I'm like, Make Your Own Slime. 
on a college campus. Mm. Okay, but it makes sense. <laughs> Because the WCSU Astronomy Club, they're making gla- galaxy slime. So wow. I think that would be cool. And um, I-, I never made slime before. I made something similar. It didn't really come out right. But um, it, Why were you trying to make slime? Oh, it, it was at a camp. So oh, okay. <laughs> that was one of the activities that we had to attempt to do. But our camp counselor really didn't know what she was doing. So it came out like goop instead of slime. Uh-huh. So. You yeah. can still throw it at people, though. You can. It was just a little messy because yeah. <laughs> we used glue. So, like, Ooh. yeah, it, it was very messy. Um, I don't know if she enjoyed the project, but we did. We had a blast. <laughs> but I know our parents came, like, what in the world happened to you guys? Because she was just, my mom looked at me, and she was like, what in the world? I was like, we created slime. <laughs> and she was like, okay. <laughs> but, yeah. Come out and create your own galaxy slime uh, brought to you by the Astronomy Club. This is happening April 9th at... Um, it's from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. in the lobby of the student center. So if you're passing by um, in between class or something, stop by and make some slime. And it's actually very soothing to, like, play with slime. Oh, it I is? Like. Yeah, I feel like <laughs> it's like a stress ball, yeah. but, like, it's just slime. So, like, if you feel stressed out, just, like, play with the slime. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know. And learn something about galaxies. <laughs> I guess, yeah. <laughs> that would be interesting how they pull right. that off. <laughs> Right. I can't wait to see what the lobby looks like after the event. Yeah. If they end up with goop, it'll right. be a mess. Hopefully um, it doesn't end up that way. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> so, yeah, a lot of great events uh, for mm. April. And, again, I want to remind you of West Fest and Spring Week um, coming up the end of April into May. We have a lot of fun events. Um Starting off, the kickoff is the fashion show, April 26th. Um, the Black Student Union is hosting it, and it's Take a Trip All Around the World. So um, fashions from all around the world. Doors open at uh, 6.15, I believe, and the show starts at 7. And yeah. it's on the West Side campus? It's on No, it's going to be on Midtown hmm. um, in Ives Concert Hall. Oh, okay, right. And then the after party is on West Side, though. So if you like to party <laughs> with us, come out to the after party at 11. Yeah. In Boy, the ballroom, the West Side ballroom. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that's the kickoff of West Fest week, and then we have some more great events. We have the carnival, the annual carnival that will be happening, and I heard we have special guest appearances. Really? I can't really reveal who they are, but there's going to be some special guest appearances. And that's always a fun thing. We had it, I remember last year it started to rain at the end, but there were still students out there, and we were still having a great time. Mm-hmm. Um, the rides will make you very dizzy, but they're fun. Um, <laughs> I went on one and I was like, never again. I don't yeah, know why don't I went on, on this. <laughs> My head was just spinning like all around and I was just like, okay. But it was fun. <laughs> it was fun while it lasted. Um, cotton candy, funnel cake, all the, sh- the candy mm. apple, all the sugary like foods. Yeah, the stuff you shouldn't be eating. Right. right. But it's carnival. It's a carnival. Oh, yeah, you know, celebrate right. the end of the year. It's only one day. Yeah. We made, through, we made it through this year. So good celebration. So of course that's happening. And then the leadership banquet, I believe that's happening May 4th. Oh, yeah. Yeah, where we get to uh, sit down, have a nice dinner, and get awards, and uh, yeah, see everyone. Hopefully. Are you going to that? I believe so, yeah. Hmm. I have three opportunities. I don't know which table I'm sitting at, though, 
I'm either sitting on my office table, oh, yeah. BSU's table, or the black social work table. So I'm just going to make rounds, I think, that day. That's I'm a just good gonna, idea. Yeah. I'll, <laughs> you know, <laughs> come in. I'll socialize. And then I'll first sit with my office, you know. And then I'll switch midway. I'll make my way to the other tables yeah. and just keep rotating. And then for dessert, switch again. <laughs> yeah. It's perfect. Each meal. I'm going to each course. I'm going to eat somewhere else. They're going to be like, oh, I thought your plate was over there. No, I just need it over here now. So I'm just going to switch it, you know, <laughs> back and forth. So why not? But, yeah, yeah. The leadership banquet is really nice. Um, and it's nice to, like, kind of summarize the whole year and see, like, all the um, changes and all of the events and things that – and all the effort that went into planning events – the clubs do an awesome job, and it's just a nice way to get recognized for the hard work that hmm. was done throughout the years. So, yep. yeah. And is your boss Daryl gonna speak at that thing? I hope so, because Daryl is actually a great speaker. I don't know if he likes speaking, but he's a great speaker, so I hope he speaks. <laughs> we'll I have, have to, to arrange that. Yeah, I have huh. to ask him because he's a great leader. He's a really great leader, and I feel like he'll be perfect for the leadership banquet. Hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm like, you got to speak now. I kind of yeah. put you on the spot. Sorry, Daryl. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a little time to prepare. <laughs> He always puts me on the spot, so I have to. I oh, have yeah. to do. Yeah, I have that's to put right. him on the spot. That's how you got onto the podcast. <laughs> yeah, right? that's how I got on the podcast. The posters around campus. Uh-huh. That's how I got in the Danbury Mall. My face was blown up, <laughs> so I have him to thank for a lot of stuff. Yeah, <laughs> so it's time for him to be put on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's great. Thanks, Chantel. Thank you. See you next week. Thank you again to our producer Scott Volpe and engineer Pete Puccio. Without them, you would not be able to listen on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and Spotify. So reward their hard work by subscribing and leaving a comment. You know you want to, so get busy. For Chantel Williams, I'm Paul Steinmetz, and this is WCSU 411.